Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Oh, I feel good. If you're a leader with managers reporting to you, I want to ask you a few questions to ask yourself. Does your leadership team work seamlessly together? Are they focused and organized? Do they function well or fight each other? Do they communicate effectively or are they cloaked with confusion? Do they make decisions efficiently and effectively? Are they hiring, training, and keeping the best talent? If someone leaves, do you have an A player waiting on the bench? Well, if you can't answer yes to all of the above, then perhaps I can help you and your team. I help leadership teams work together harmoniously and achieve greater business results. If you want a, a free assessment and a discussion, just email me, steve at managermojo.com. Tell me you'd like to, to chat for a little bit and we'll schedule a call. Thank you, that's steve at managermojo.com. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest today, Mr. Albert Williams. Now, Albert is a successful uh, entrepreneur and mastermind coach. Uh, he runs a uh, private uh, car service uh, located in the Northeast Bronx. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about his story. Uh, I'm gonna let him do that uh, for us in just a moment. Uh, he's also a host of Plan, Build, Become podcast, where he interviews uh, people uh, to inspire others to help further minority communities and uh, to help people be successful in business. Uh, Al uh, Albert, I want to welcome you to the Manager Mojo Show, and thank you for joining us today. Steve, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here today. Well, it's it's uh, my pleasure, and I look forward to hearing your wisdom today. But before we do that, why don't you begin by sharing with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Well, last Friday, I celebrated my 11th wedding anniversary, and tomorrow I'll be celebrating my son's third birthday. So we have uh, taken off from work tomorrow. And I'm just going to hang out and do whatever he wants. Oh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on your anniversary. And uh, that's an awesome thing. Uh, it's nothing like having a partner that you really uh, get along with and enjoy. Thank you so much. Uh, Albert, I know that you've been successful in your business, but you've learned, like a lot of people in uh, the field of entrepreneurship, you've learned that you've got to remain agile. And uh, so if you would, why don't you share a little bit about your background and then we will explore some of the, the things that you've learned in business. Sure, so um, I'm originally from Jamaica. I migrated to the States when I was about eight years old um, with my eldest, eldest sister, younger brother. I um, 
grew up in the grew up in the South Bronx, um, close to Yankee Stadium. Um, all my education is here, product of the New York City school systems. I went to St. John's University and got a degree in computer science. Throughout my my life, I've always worked or had that entrepreneurial pull, that entrepreneurial spirit. So I used to do things like pack bags in the supermarket as a, a young kid in junior high school, elementary school. As I got into high school, I started printing flyers and um, restaurant menus, got into computers, started started a consulting company in college, kept it after college. Um, while a little bit of college, did some landscaping and some snow removal in the summertime when we moved up to the Northeast Bronx. And um, I've always owned a couple. Of, oh, I've always owned several businesses um, at a time. So um, I used to own, be a part-time owner in a barber shop, laundry mat, hair salon, and I'm bald, Steve. So there's not much I could do at the hair salon to help the folks out. <laughs> well, uh, I used to have hair, but I'm pretty much uh, lost most of mine now too. But it's uh, exactly mine's a factor of age. So it, this this stuff happens, you know. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah, have to go okay. as much as I'm used to, but when I do go, it, it, it feels good to know there's still something left to trim. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so in 2012, I bought, um, I said, you know what, um, I'm going to leave the corporate world fully, 100%. And um, I left the job as director of IT for a global company and decided that I'm going to go head first, all in, feet first uh, into entrepreneurship. So in 2012, I bought into Best Deal Car Service. Um, at that point, Best Deal had about... Say 19, 19 cars, 30 at max, and um, today we have 275 cars, four companies, and um, business is booming. That's awesome. Congratulations, Albert. There's nothing Thank like you. hearing a story of where uh, someone's been able to overcome and, and really be successful. Uh, why don't you, uh, I, I know as running a uh, car service that uh, you had uh, a little disruptor in your industry called Uber and Lyft to enter into it. Uh, why don't you share a little bit of the story about how you were able to adjust to that kind of competition? Sure. So for us, what we did, Uber and Lyft is not really a factor in our business because one thing we do, we do the traditional Uber Lyft work. We do the traditional take me to the supermarket, take me to the movies, take me to the airport. Mm-hmm. But we also do a lot of medical transportation. So when I bought Best Deal, one of the things I I wanted to introduce a new line of business, a new revenue stream. And this was a little bit before Uber, before Uber became popular in New York. It was kind of out there in San Francisco at that point. Um, so I came up with the idea, well, it already existed, but didn't exist in my market, non-emergency medical transportation. So what is non-emergency medical transportation? It's simply what it is. If you don't need an ambulance or you need to go to a doctor's appointment and you have private insurance or your, your insurance is covered by the state and you could get to the curb, you meet us at the curb, we take you to your doctor's appointment. It's basically curb-to-curb to curb service as opposed to an ambulance or an ambulance that may be door-to-door. And with that, we probably do today anywhere between 500 and 750 trips a day, non-emergency medical management. And that line of business is great. It's, I want to say it's uber-proven in New York, but um, it's all about service, and we provide a quality of service, quality level of service to our customers where they request best deal, and, they, and we are, in some cases, their preferred provider. If they had, so by preferred provider, 
they only ride with us. They they want to go with us. Um, so repeat customers. And so there's nothing like it. Great. Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. That, there's nothing like it. I mean, uh, taking care of your customers has almost become a lost art in the United States. Uh, people don't realize how important it is. Just a little bit of extra attention to people makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it, Albert? Absolutely. Makes a big difference. And I know as you've grown your business that you have that mindset, but how do you get your team to have the same type of mindset? Well, one of the things that I try to do is I try to teach them um, and educate them and, and, and encourage them to think forward, lean forward. Um, so by that I mean like um, one of the books that we read together as a group from my leadership team is we went through... Jocko Wilkland, Jocko's book, mm-hmm. Extreme Ownership, mm-hmm. where I, I encourage my team that own it, make a decision, and execute. We'll figure it out later on. At the end of the day, this is as much as their company as it is mine. So for the ind- for the independent contractors, the drivers, it's a little bit different, a little bit difficult as well. Not only different, is it difficult because the mindset of 275 drivers. They have their best interests at heart. Where I need to have them, I have to have the best interests of the drivers, as well as the um, 50 employees that we, um, the 25 employees that we that we have today. And the, the the goal is to go to about 50 employees and about 400 cars. Wow. Well, uh, you mentioned the key component there. You said uh, that what you have to do is to get encourage your people to make decisions and uh, one of the toughest things that managers and and leaders have is giving up uh, the authority or giving other people the authority to make decisions how were you able to navigate that swamp well one of the things i realized is that i can't be here all the time and i i don't necessarily want to be here all the time like you know Tomorrow's Alex's birthday. Do I want to be here? Do I want to be here instead of hanging out with my three-year-old son? The answer is no, right? I rather hang out with my, my son. But at the same time, I I empower people to, to to learn. So one day, the folks that work for me could eventually own their own companies. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's a matter of teaching and and coaching them. Just like how just like how I've been coached and I have a business coach, I coach them along the way so that they can make decisions and make the decision not necessarily what Albert would do but what's the best decision for the company because sometimes what Albert does is not necessarily the best decision for the company or the best decision at that time so I want them to think through the decision as opposed to what would Albert do Albert I, I congratulations on doing that uh, one of the things though that I that I have discovered over the years is that uh, managers, for whatever reason, uh, whether they're an owner or whether they're a, uh, a key player either in large companies or small companies, uh, they today, the, the mindset of coaching your team, in other words, helping them improve, helping them achieve their goals, uh, I find to be the thing that most people just plain and simply don't do. Have you discovered similar things? And if you have, uh, what changed your mind? Why, why did you do that? Why, are you just naturally a coach, or did you learn how to do that? Well, I think people around me, the, the, from, the, from the teachers to the business leaders around me to um, in my uh, days as an employee, 
my employer would always see that I had the drive to want to do more. Say, hey, let me show you this. And when I see that in employees, employees who want to who want to do more, who want to better themselves, I put my I put it in, I put my time into them mm-hmm. and give them the opportunity. Because I I look at business and I look at best deal. Best deal should be a stepping stone for the next the future leaders. Right? There's enough there's enough room in business and enough ideas that we could all compete successfully and compete healthy. So I wouldn't want one of my employees to go out today and open a car service tomorrow, but if they did that, so be it. You know, as long as it's healthy competition and there's nothing malicious behind their intent, then why not? So I look at it, Steve, as let's um, teach the future leaders because, you know, I don't I don't want to say it's lonely at the top, but you need more leaders that are that are thought provoking that that look to inspire people. I think we're, what we're seeing today in today's culture, we need to inspire each other and learn from each other and teach each other. Well, I, I think sense. it's always been true, Albert. I think that we've always needed to inspire each other and uh, to understand uh, one of the big holdups that I find that uh, you certainly don't have is that uh, people believe there's uh, the size of the pie, meaning the economic pie is, is fixed, it's finite. And the, the simple fact is that's not true. Uh, the business continues to grow. Our economy continues to grow. Uh, the world economy continues to grow. And we must have a mindset that, look, we've got to improve. And I, I love the fact that you've done that. And you've done that. Uh, and just congratulations. I know you, you grew up uh, with a single mom. and. You came to the U.S. at eight years old, and here you are running a successful company in New York, and you're planting the seeds of entrepreneurship and people that work with you and for you in your company. And I, I think that's part of giving back. And uh, have you discovered that the more you give, the more you get back in return? Absolutely. I didn't know that was the case, right? I didn't know that was the case until I started here successful people kept on saying the same thing and I'm like nah it can't be and they read that in the book chapter 4 <laughs> page 12 nah it can't be yeah 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 right and then like you know what let me try it let me try it and my coach my business coach uh, encouraged me to try it and even today I am you know you mentioned plan bill become a part of what I'm doing with plan bill become is you know I, I was successful I'm in a mastermind and, and it's been immensely help, helpful and I'm a part, and I have a business coach, and there's business, there's entrepreneurs out there who need to be coached, who need help, and you know what I'm looking to do with Plan Bill, with Plan Bill become is to become a to is to coach those who need who need help, who want to invest in themselves, just like how, just like how I invested in myself, just like how I'm sure you invested in yourself, mm-hmm. and your listeners have invested in themselves by taking time to listen to this great podcast, right? So what we want to do is with Plan Bill become coach and coach folks um and specifically for me and it's not it i'm targeting minorities in business because quite frankly at least in the bronx where where i am there's not a lot of minority business owners who know how to take their business to the next level Mm -hmm. so that's that's what that's what you know 12 12 13 years of corporate america six years of being a ceo um and being 
a coach and having a mentor has taught me that it's time for me to give back in, in multiple forms. Well, you'll you'll never uh, you absolutely can never go wrong by giving back and. And Albert, I want to tell you that uh, the, the simple fact is, uh, it's the, the ability to grow your business beyond where it is today is not just a problem of minorities. It's a, it's a problem all across uh, the United States where people have good ideas, but they're, they're holding on to their business so tightly uh, that they don't understand that uh, the simple fact that you have learned, which is that you've got to coach people, you've got to you've got to help people achieve their own goals. Until you get to that point, uh, you are nothing but an answer man or answer woman for your business, and uh, that limits it to your knowledge. And it, you can't grow when it's only your knowledge that's limiting the business. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. So congratulations on moving beyond that. Now, I, I know as you've gone through this journey that you've learned uh, some, some big lessons. And if you don't mind, I, I'd like to, to hear what are maybe the top two lessons that, that really stuck out at you that, said, that made a difference between you being able to, to just start your business and survive to being able to grow and prosper. Sure. So I'll give you, um, I think, one example of each. In starting your business, don't listen to the naysayers. I don't, I don't listen to the naysayers. I left a successful career at a, a global company as director of IT. People say, well, what are you doing? You, you've got a good job, good position, very well liked and respected by the company. Why would you leave this now? A couple more years, you could retire. You're on easy street. But you know what? It's not enough. Right, and it's not a matter of greed. It's not a matter of money. It's a matter of freedom, that quality of life. And quality of life, as you know, Steve, mm -hmm. it's, it's worth more. It's worth it's worth more than any money in the bank. Mm -hmm. So I tell your listeners, don't listen to the naysayers. Follow your dream, push forward, and then you, you'll be successful. Because no one's going to understand your vision. Yeah, get a coach, get a mentor, so that that coach and mentor could help you. Um, guide you through that vision, how to how to turn that 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 dream into a reality. But the naysayers, just ignore them. Totally, totally ignore them. You know that's I'm, that's my. That's <laughs> I love that tip. Uh, I, I I tell people today that I really wasn't smart enough to listen to the negative people. I I, I was like, well, I know they're there, but you know what? I don't care what you say. Uh, I think sometimes people that are uh, they're too sensitive to what other people will say in the negative whenever you really should be surrounding yourself with positive thoughts and positive people, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and on the flip side, the other, the other, um, to answer your other question is, is, is just the opposite. Mm -hmm. Listen, like, so now as a CEO, as an owner of a company, I do a lot of listening. Mm -hmm. Right, so I listen to my employees, I listen to my customers, I let my drivers, I consider them a customer. So for me, I have two customers, external customers, who are the customers that call, hey, I need a ride, or the medical, the non-emergency medical transportation folks, uh, my vendors are my customers, and then my drivers are also my customers. So I listen, I, you know, I, I listen to see what the needs are, and then evaluate that against the needs of the company as a whole. So um, when you're going, to, when you're starting up, don't listen to the naysayers, but when you're in when you're in the trenches and you're running the business, 
listen to the stakeholders maybe. So naysayers right. versus stakeholders. Listen right. to the stakeholders who have some some stake in the business and then make a decision based on that. But you gotta have an open door policy. You can't say, Hey, I'm the CEO, my way or the highway. You gotta listen to your customers. Oh, and I'm absolutely. gonna tell you that you have internal customers and external customers and that's something that I learned a long time ago. From my help desk days, I learned that a long time ago. You have internal customers and external customers. No question. I mean, if you don't listen to your internal customers, you can't go anywhere. And I, I think we should define it for people so they understand it. When we're talking about naysayers, we're talking about those people that say you're crazy for being in your own business, you're crazy for going out on your own. In other words, they want you to go back to something that really does not fulfill you. It, it has nothing to do with the improvement of your business. It's it's questioning uh, your own decision making about what to do with your own life. And so many people today want to tell others what they can do with their life. But the simple fact is nobody can tell you but yourself. Exactly. You know, and I tell people this, and I was, you know, I was on a podcast the other day. I had the pleasure of being on a podcast the other day, and I tell you this, and I, and I think I'm going to start coining this phrase: "Crazy is good." Yeah, when absolutely. you have that, that idea for your business, if people think you're crazy, you're on the right track. <laughs> if people start telling you not to do it, no, 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 not to do it, and they can't give you a, a sound reason. They're the ones that's crazy, not you. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the the only the only time I will I've ever said you know hey you better really think about this is when somebody decides they want to be an entrepreneur and they the, their reason for being an entrepreneur is that uh, they get a chance to to control all of their time and they don't want anybody telling them what to do when I hear that combo. <laughs> Uh, at I that point, at, <laughs> at that point, I say maybe you better rethink this. <laughs> rethink that, baby. Get a job and punch the clock. Because <laughs> uh, you know you mentioned it. I mean, you've got to listen all the time, and if you're not listening to your internal customers, you don't know how to improve your business. Absolutely, and I, and I can tell your listeners this: my business is twenty four seven, yeah, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You don't have that time. You don't have you know, the phone rings at any given time. We don't shut down at five. We don't shut down at six. We don't shut down. So you have to be available to your business. So don't think that becoming an entrepreneur is all. It's all. It's, it's you know. It's baby. I'm set. No, you have to work. You have to hire people that are capable, so that you could have that that um that that quality of life, that freedom, that breather, that vacation. But when you when you first started out, hey, you know when I. When I bought Bastille Vacation, that wasn't an option for three years. There you and go. It was an option. The phone, the phone, the phone was attached to the hip. Yep. You know, so and you have to build that team, educate that team, train that team, mentor that team, coach that team to to run that business and to do the right thing. Hopefully, make the right decisions. I I totally understand that mindset, and uh, I experienced it uh, full-time myself uh, when I started my first company many years ago, and it was like vacation. I mean, the vacation is, uh, hey, (laughs) I got plenty of cash to pay the bills. That's a vacation. Uh, Being away from the business, I didn't even want that. I mean, I was enjoying what we were doing. 
And, it, you know, I get it, uh, but a lot of people, uh, I, I, I want to at least throw a bone to those that are working inside other organizations. Uh, because I've seen no one inside uh, a large organization that was not committed to success that didn't spend their time outside of work thinking about how things could get better, even if they weren't technically uh, the owner or the CEO. You've got to have that commitment, that drive in order to improve, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's key. You've got to have that willingness, you know, the drive, the desire to do better. And that's where it all starts. Absolutely, it does. Now, uh, Albert, I know that our listeners are going to want to know much more about you, that you've whetted their appetite uh, to entre- entrepreneurship and, and your success story. Uh, why don't you share how people can connect with you? Yeah, I mean, you could always find me on LinkedIn at Albert J. Williams or at Twitter uh, at Albert J. Williams. Okay, one of those two. And for those of you that are exercising, we'll try to make sure to include links to those uh, for you so you can connect with Albert. Uh, Albert, as we kind of come to a close for our discussion today, I like to leave people with action items. And I'm curious as to what would be your top two or three action items that you would want people to uh, take based upon your experience as an entrepreneur and a CEO. The first thing I would tell the people is try and learn something new every day. Educate yourself, read, listen to great podcasts like Manager Mojo. Um, Definitely try and learn something new every day. And then the second thing I would tell folks is you can't do it alone. Get mm. get get that coach, get that mentor. And it sounds self-serving, but it's not. I'm not saying, hey, sign up for Plan Bill Become. I'm not saying go to um, my coach, um, Aaron Walker, if you're from the top. No, I'm saying get a coach, get a mentor. Become a, become a part of a mastermind group. Or at the least, surround yourself with like-minded people. So I would say learn something new every day, and then get a coach, get a mentor, or surround yourself with like-minded people, people that have the same desires, dreams, aspirations like yourself. And that's a, that's a prerequisite to becoming a successful entrepreneur. Absolutely. Uh, Albert, thank you so much for your wisdom today. Uh, my guest today has been Albert Williams. Uh, he is the president and CEO of Best Deal Private Car Service located in the New York area in the Bronx. Uh, and is a successful entrepreneur as well as a mastermind coach himself. Albert, thank you again uh, for your wisdom and we appreciate everything you do. Continued success in all that you do and we look forward to hearing more great stories of your achievements in the future. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. I've been delighted and pleasure. I'm humbled for this opportunity.